Welcome to the new episode of the ESNU broadcast. My name is Michael and I have the honor of being today's host. But luckily I don't have to do it alone. So I got Pitt with me, who is a member of the ESN Utrecht board. Hey Pitt. Hello from my side. And so today's topic is the cultural differences between or are the cultural differences between the Netherlands and Japan. That does indeed sound quite specific, but we have a very great guest for that. And this guest is Hitomi. Uh, who is also a member of the Journalism Committee. That's a committee, by the way, which is hosting this podcast. So, hi, Hitomi. Hello. And I would just start into the topic, and I would propose as our first subtopic, I think one of the most important ones, uh, which is food. So, Hitomi, maybe also in the beginning, um, introduce yourself a bit, like where you're from in Japan, and maybe also what you're studying, and then... Just talk about maybe what is your turn on food in the Netherlands and uh, how you perceive it. So hello everyone again. Um, my name is Hitomi and uh, I'm from Japan. I'm studying in Utrecht University as an exchange student. Um, I'm studying uh, gender and sexuality studies and European studies in Faculty of Humanities. I'm from one part of Tokyo. And there I can eat basically anything, uh, any Japanese food. So I, I want to firstly talk about Japanese foods in Japan and the Netherlands. I personally like, really like ramen. And in Tokyo, there are so many ramen restaurants. There are some like districts called ramen place or ramen. So like a, like a place, uh, like a district in, in, in Tokyo where there are just so many ramen yes, places. Yes, yes, uh, like ramen, 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 sushi, ramen, ramen, kind of. And there uh, we have simple, just really simple noodle and two topics, shoyu ramen, soy sauce ramen, or more like strong taste ones with miso or tonkotsu. Do you know tonkotsu? I see it on the menus, but I actually don't know specifically what it is. Okay, tonkotsu is born or pig, so we use it to pick essence from it and use it for the soup and add flavor on it. And so, yeah, we have many kinds of ramens in Tokyo. For the Dutch ramen, I think there are also quite many kinds of ramens, but there are many ideas don't see in Japan as well. So you have been to, to like a ramen places in Utrecht also? Or yeah, in the Netherlands? Only yeah. once. <laughs> How was it for you? Did you like it or I liked it. It was good. But I think in Japan we have more simple ramen than one I had in Utrecht. But yeah it's still good. But it's really expensive. Yes, like in the Netherlands, it's way more expensive than this one. Yes, it's way expensive. Do you know how much like a basic portion of ramen, for example, would would uh, cost in like a standard uh, place in in Tokyo? Like not fancy, but also not. Yeah, the... it usually costs uh, less than let's say nine euro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely definitely cheaper. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it <that's> is. Great. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, since you already talked about ramen in the Netherlands, uh, let's talk a bit about uh, your um, perception of uh, Dutch food. Have mm -hmm. you tried anything that is considered as uh, Dutch cuisine? Yes, I actually tried a lot. For example, bitterballen. I don't know if I pronounce well. Or 
the thing is, like nobody in this uh, studio at the moment is from the Netherlands, but as far as I uh, know it, it's pronounced exactly like you did. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And Tompus cake and fr- frikandel, kapsalon. Yeah. yeah, I tried many, and I also cooked stampered with my friend. Yeah, was the was the friend from the Netherlands, or were you both in, uh, two internationals that just wanted to try out the famous stampered? Uh, she uh, she's actually uh, Dutch, but she currently live in France, so she was also exchanged. It's a bit complex, but yeah, she's Dutch. <laughs> and did it turn out well? Yes, it was it was good. We just enjoyed like mushing everything. Uh, I think um, it is easy to cook Dutch home foods than Japanese foods. Yeah, yeah I think it takes a little more time to prepare sushi, I guess, or to prepare <laughs> a nice bowl of ramen than just uh, putting some bitter balm in the oven, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it's also, the, I think the bitter balm topic is very, very funny because um, I saw an advertisement on, on YouTube uh, like two weeks ago um, where there were a lot of Italian people shouting. Um, and w- the reason was because uh, there is a new kind of a bitter balm that you can buy, which is called bitter balm Hawaii. So with ham and pineapple in it, and that's a classic joke that the Italians don't like people that put pineapple on pizza, yeah, but there are now pizza pizza ball in Hawaii. Yeah? I'm so. very curious. Actually, I'm also quite curious. I haven't bought it yet, but I did buy an air fryer uh, not very long ago, so I might now dive into the, the pizza ball world. Yeah? Mm. Um, so you talked about the pizza ball and the capsulon and stuff, yeah? Uh, how do you like uh, that food? I personally really like it. Some of my friends... Don't say that. <laughs> but I like it. I But my most favorite Dutch cuisine is stroop waffle, definitely. I always have stock of stroop waffle in my kitchen. I, I think always I eat one piece of stroop waffle every day with coffee. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's really nice. Let's stay for one uh, more short moment at the, the food topic because you, you told me that you really take now the chance that you're here in Europe to also um, travel to a lot of different European countries. Um, do you have like like a favorite dish uh, that you tried um, traveling through Europe? Yes, I have two. I have two impressive foods in my memory. And one was in Italy. I went to Rome and I had carbonara, the kind of pasta, spaghetti. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, I would say. Um, yeah, we also have we also have carbonara in Japan as well, but it was completely different. Yeah, it was amazing. And another one is zahatote. Maybe it is <laughs> your country's one, right? Exactly. I'm from from Austria. The famous uh, chocolate cake, the zahatote. Yeah. yeah, I had it in the original cafe. At the cafe Sacha. Yes, there. I loved it, and I can't forget the taste of the cake. Yeah, I want to go to eat the hotelte again and again and again. Yeah, I get that. It's quite a, it's quite also very popular in Austria. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we we talked quite quite well about about food, and I think we have some some more topics we want to talk about since this episode is not called um, food differences between uh, Japan and the Netherlands. Even though we could really fill a whole episode on that. Let's talk about one topic, um, which is quite often talked within uh, internationals, 
which is how Dutch people sometimes their behavior gets perceived by international, sometimes called the Dutch directness. Some people mm -hmm. call it the Dutch uh, rudeness. How is your opinion? How did you experience uh, that since you came here? I personally uh, don't feel the directness a, a lot. I don't know why, but maybe my friends or the teachers I met was just really kind and they talked to me really uh, kindly. So I didn't, I didn't feel the kind of like directness, strong directness. But my friends said that my Japanese friends said they did experience some. So, yeah. I think it's also not really meant in a rude way. It's just, it's just very direct. So it also, at some point, it's also nice because you mm -hmm. just get straight to the point and say what you think. Uh, in some occasions, at least, it's nice. But yeah. How is it for you in, in Japan? People are usually more not so direct, I guess. Yes, I guess so too. Uh, like, I think it's really extreme example. But in Kyoto in Japan, do you know Kyoto? Mm -hmm. It's a more Western part of Japan. There, um, some people uh, talk about uh, tea with rices. Tea with rice. And when... For example, when guest when guests visited to the person, and the, the person firstly served tea, then the person asked, "Would you like to have another cup of or another one?" Then it means go away. Interesting. <laughs> so if I'm uh, like uh, meeting, like uh, visiting someone's uh, place in in Kyoto, for example, and then um, I get tea served yeah. and then I get asked if I want another one then that's bottom line the person saying to me I should leave yes yeah, that's, that means you, you need to go <laughs> you need to leave do you know why it's like that I don't know why but we usually told about this and please be careful about it so I think it's true okay okay so um, in, in Japan you would say it's, it's rather often that uh, you're getting told stuff in a very indirect way but you, you just understand it because it's It's not like the person not saying to you, leave now. It's more the person yeah. serving you another cup of tea. <laughs> yes, but, but as I said, it's a really extreme uh, example. And in Tokyo, it's not the case. So, when if you, for example, if you visit Tokyo and do you want to have another cup of like, coffee or tea, you don't have to leave. So, <laughs> yeah, please relieve about it. That's good. Uh, if uh... If I will travel to Japan one day, and I definitely want, I will ask you before about <laughs> yeah. such things uh, to know when I should leave <laughs> when, I, when I visit someone's place. Yes, when you have a second cup of tea, you have to leave. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. So in general, like uh, the takeaway is um, that uh, Japanese people are in general um, more polite or let's say not that direct uh, as, as, as the Dutch uh, Dutch people. Yeah, they are really polite, I think. Like, for example, for professors, we use really polite words. True, that's what I actually wanted uh, wanted to ask you also, um, how your perception is going to university in Japan and also the interaction between professors as it just started um, versus how it is in the Netherlands. I think the Netherlands is less polite or I would say friendly Uh, to the professor or between professor and students, like in Japan, we usually go to a professor, and if we want, if we want to talk to like him or her or them, 
um, we will say like, hi, excuse me, do you have enough time to talk to me now? Or like, may I talk to you now or something? But I think in the Netherlands, we just go to say, hello, I have a question, like, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I think Japanese people are more polite about older people or people who are in higher position. And what do you like more, actually? Like the more hierarchy approach, like uh, going to the professor and asking him or her, please, please listen to me, or having like the quite direct way here in the Netherlands? I prefer the Netherlands way, because in that way uh, I can directly say what I want or what I want to say. Like in Japan, we would say like, I, w I would appreciate if you could something, something, something. But in the Netherlands, I can say, uh, I want you to do this or this because I feel like this. So I think in that way, I can communicate my own thoughts very well. Yeah, I also, I also see it like that. And I'm a law student and then I'm from Austria. And in Austria, being a law student is, there's a lot of hierarchy between you and the professors and you have to address them with all their titles and with some very polite phrases. And so I really had to... to um, accept the fact that here you just uh, uh, tell the teachers, uh, address the teachers with their first name and stuff. If you do that in Austria even once, you yeah, you might get uh, exmatriculated or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's actually super casual here. It's yeah. like more like you're like on a friendly basis, not so much, oh, you look up to your professors. It's more like, yeah, on the same level. Yeah. 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 I like that. It, it also, to me, it feels like that a bit more like respect than the very hierarchy uh, way because that it seems just like unnecessary. And I mean, we are already like students, uh, we are in academia, so why start with the big hierarchy? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, all right, let's, uh, let's proceed to one more topic, which is one very, very, um, very well discussed uh, topic on the internationals, which is the weather uh, in the Netherlands. And also let's include uh, with the weather topic, the topic of going by bike, because that one thing might uh, lead to the other thing being terrible. So how is your experience here in biking? And do you bike in Tokyo? I personally don't bike a lot in Tokyo, but I use trains, metros and buses a lot or car of my parents. And of course, biking the amount of biking people is way less in Tokyo than here. I think many people use trains or cars to commute to their company or uh, office or schools. But here you do everything by bike or? Almost everything, yeah. yes. And do you like it or? I like it because by biking or just going to the class can be the exercise, chance of exercise for me. It's really nice. Yeah, I get that. That's also how I explain that I don't uh, go to the gym here. Yeah? I just say I bike. Yeah? That's yes. why I don't have to attend the gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no need for the gym if you bike every day. Yeah? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True. Um, <laughs> and um, do you also bike when there is like heavy rain or sometimes, which is not that often, it snows? Yeah, I did it. It was terrible, <laughs> I would say. But yeah, I did it with the, my rain cords. And I have ski jacket. Mm -hmm. It's like... Uh, windbreaker and water resistant. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. So I use it. Then it's 
okay. <laughs> Not good, but okay for me. Yeah, but I don't think anyone enjoys going back in the rain. No. I think rain is still fine, but if it snows or it gets like slippery, that's just awful. Yeah. When 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 the roads are like a little bit frozen, that's uh, very dangerous. Exactly, exactly. No, that's uh, really uh, one day that, like in, in December it was like yeah, yeah. out of nowhere it was like so icy and just so, so people sliding around it was yeah. really, really terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, another very very emotional topic for for internationals because that's uh, one of the reasons. Um, um, like getting here is a bit uh, complicated to the, to the Netherlands, and we had like that episode with Amadeo about him uh, living in a in a hostel for quite a long uh, yes. time. So the housing situation here. Um, how would you compare? Like, how is it in Tokyo? Is it like very difficult to um, find housing as a student there? And how like the price difference? Maybe is it like super expensive in Tokyo? Also, as it is in the in the Netherlands, or how is it? I don't think it's really difficult for, to find housing in Tokyo because we have plenty of like apartment, so we can find something definitely, but usually really expensive. But also the price is really depends on the area. So for example, uh, in Tokyo, most urbanized area, I would say like metropolitan area. Uh, would cost double than the other regions in Tokyo. Do you normally live like with with roommates in 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 Tokyo, for example? Is it like very common for for students to live with roommates, or do they mostly live alone? Or uh, I think uh, many dorms of the universities or schools have like shared flat or something like that. But in like in common housing places. We don't have many shared flats or something, and we usually rent room as a studio with one own bathroom or kitchen or something. So it's not uh, like ten or more students sharing one bathroom as it happens here sometimes. Yeah, I found the SSH example in Japan on the internet, right? Mm. Yeah, and um, I talked about it to my parents, like sharing one flat with twelve people. Mm. Then they said. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe it's not like usual or common in Japan. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but talking about the housing situation in the Netherlands also um, leaves a lot of the people I know from from home quite surprised. Yeah. yeah do you have something that really surprised you about the Netherlands that you did not uh, expect uh, before you came here? Uh, yes, I will talk about clubbing in the Netherlands or maybe in Europe. I don't know. Based on my experience, I think people first go drink, drinking, then after that they go to clubbing. Is it true? Uh, yes, yes. It's also in Austria like that. Uh, yeah. Because otherwise it would be way too expensive uh, uh -huh. to, to pay for all the... Because most of the people that go clubbing want to be at one point at least uh, tipsy, let's say like that. And it would be quite uh, expensive to only drink like in the clubs because the prices are quite high, yeah. Uh, okay. But it's different in, 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 in Tokyo? Yes, I think it is. Because uh, before I came here, I thought clubbing is a special thing. It's not for broad mass. So it's only a specific uh, kind of people um, yeah. that go clubbing. Not who, like like, who likes clubbing? Yeah, not More like here, well. Uh, overseas mm -hmm. or something. And in Tokyo, we usually go to karaoke instead of clubbing. 
Do you feel that people in the Netherlands drink more alcohol than people do in... Yes, because they are tall. Because they're tall. Because they're tall. They can take more. <laughs> yeah, they, oh. can, they can take more. Yeah, that, that, that might be the reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would say with uh, the topic of alcohol and partying, um, that does sound like a good uh, ending point. So let's wrap it up here. Uh, it was a pleasure having you here, Hitomi, uh, for today's podcast. I think we heard some new things about uh, Japan and also how uh, different it is uh, to the Netherlands. I uh, also want to thank Pitt that he supported me in this podcast. And also thanks to you uh, for listening to us. And I hope you will also do it next time. So goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.